You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. The transition from study into cookery was straightforward for pastry chef Angelica Giuliano. Through a connection of her father, she was able to land a pastry chef's apprenticeship and hasn't looked back. But you have to describe Angelica as a double threat because she's also gone on to become a qualified commercial cook. In this episode, Angelica explains her reasoning behind becoming both a pastry and commercial chef and gives great advice on how to design a dessert menu. Angelica, we've just spoken about your education. Let's talk about your career. What was your first move after you finished study? I was obviously looking to go into my apprenticeship and looking for places to go into. And I was really lucky. So my dad works at a food manufacturing company and one of his co-workers knew somebody in the pastry industry. Through that connection, I was able to start my first apprenticeship, which was really cool. What were some of the other opportunities or potentials for you if that wasn't in place? Where could you have gone or where could you have found a career move? So at TAFE, they had a careers board. People in the industry had posted their jobs and they were looking for staff. The teachers were also really good. They would know somebody that was looking for people. So speaking to my teachers and looking on the board, see what was happening and what was available. But those two were the main sources at school. What about some of the other people you were studying with? Was that similar for them? They'd find a job off the job board or were there any other avenues for them? Um, A lot of them mainly looked at the careers board and went to our teachers. I was obviously just lucky to know people in the industry It was either that or as well online, like Seek and the Careers Board and our teachers. So stepping into that professional environment, as much as you've done it through your father and obviously the the person who gave you the job knew your father, so it's, it's warm, it's welcoming, there's still a lot of pressure in that environment. How did you go handling that? Because you're allowed to make mistakes when you're studying. It's not as okay when you're working as a professional. So how did you deal with that? I'm not going to lie, it was super stressful. I was really scared at the start, but it was good because they were welcoming and the people that I was working with, they were really nice and they understood my situation and where I just come from. So they were there to help me to grow and like to learn. What are some of the mistakes you were making? Because they happen. Really simple mistakes of just following a recipe but putting something wrong in. So I remember I made panna cotta once and I read the recipe wrong. So in my head, I thought it was nine sheets of gelatin, where it was meant to be nine grams. And the panna cotta the next day was, it was a bit of like a, a soup shot instead of a nice creamy dessert. That can really knock your confidence being in an environment like that and making a mistake and not that it necessarily happened for you, but we can have employers and bosses who don't take kindly to that and let you know that they are unhappy. How do you deal with that environment when you're young and things are not going right? It's really hard because I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect because you'll lose the heart and the love for it. I would just say it happens and you learn from it and then the next time hopefully you don't do the same mistake because you know what it felt like when you did that mistake. Knowing what you know now, how can students best prepare themselves to enter the hospitality industry with confidence? Believing yourself is one of the biggest things because if you're going into the industry, being able to believe in yourself and know that you can do good and you're going to be doing something amazing and it's an industry where you're always going to be 
around people or kind of showing yourself through your work to people. So I think that's something to be really proud of. You're also a qualified commercial cook as well. Now I call that a double threat. So well done. Why did you feel the need to have that skill set as well? So I started off my course with that and only did one or two years of it. And there was still X amount to complete. But obviously when I finished year 12, I really wanted to do pastry. So I pursued my pastry apprenticeship. And then I figured I've already started this course and then I've got two professions per se under my belt. And I think the best thing about it is you could go to any restaurant, any place and be like, well, I can do both for you. I can cook you dessert and I can cook you a main meal. Like you have those skills, which also makes you like really desirable. Like you said, you're a double threat, like you can do it all. Apart from produce and end product, what are the major differences between the two? So pastry chef from commercial cookery. Pastry is a bit easier as such because in a restaurant, you see all these commercials on TV where like there's flames going up and there's people sweating and it's just busy and plates getting thrown and that's what I thought of it before I got into an actual restaurant. I was like, okay, this is going to be insane and crazy. Whereas I went into a pastry kitchen it kind of felt like rainbows and like flowers. Like everyone's just happy and like, you know, making sweets and there's sugar around. And like, if you want to think of any, like of two different spectrums, you've got this one really like calm and relaxing and fun environment. Whereas you've got this cookery kitchen, which is high pressure and stressful. Not that that's not fun because the adrenaline that you get from working in a busy kitchen is awesome. What sort of person or personality traits suit each one best? Because in my mind, the way I think of it, if you're a cook or a chef, there's more license to be creative within that because if you're cooking a dish, you can throw whatever the hell you want in it and the flavours work, so it works. But in terms of being a pastry chef, it would be very precise, wouldn't it? Because if you miss your measurements, then the whole thing is out of whack. So there's a lot more margin for error. There definitely is a lot more margin for error in pastry, but there's also that fact where you can play around with flavours and you can play around with textures. You can throw pumpkin with chocolate or you can throw um, these two extremely contrasting flavours and make it work, whereas you can do the exact same thing in cookery. So I think both sides of it, you have to be creative and you've got to have that little thing in the back of your head being like, let's try this and let's try something different. You've also had some amazing experience. You've worked at Donovan's and Dinner by Heston. What were those opportunities like? They were amazing. I was working in the pastry section at Donovan's and then being a cookery chef as well, I was able to work on the pass, so the entree pass. That was a really good experience for me to learn both sides of that kitchen and it was one of the first really big, busy kitchens that I had worked in. We had over, I want to say, 15 chefs and We were constantly busy, so that really helped me to understand, you know, how to be fast-paced and on top of my prep list. And the chefs there, they were really quite experienced, like all the head chefs. So it was really cool learning off them, like what they learned in the past and their dishes and their techniques because I hadn't experienced a lot of that before I got to Donovan's. And those big, powerful, experienced chefs, are they open to someone like you or any other student coming to them and saying, I want to learn, can you teach me this? Or do you find that they're just far too busy for that? I was really, really lucky with my head chef at Donovan. So at the time, my head chef was Emma. I would think of an idea and be like, can you go through this recipe with me? Or can you help me figure out what I can do differently? And instead of giving me the answers, she would be like, what do you think? So she really helped me in regards of helping me think of something new, but doing it on my own instead of giving me every answer for it. 
How do you build those relationships within a commercial kitchen? I think you just have to ask a lot of questions. If you don't ask, you don't know. Just really being involved and open to everything. I would see them plating a new dish or cooking something new and I'd come over and be like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? So it just showed that I was interested in what was going on around me. I'm really keen to get a sense from you as to what it takes to design a dessert menu. Now, this is something that I have never even thought about previously. I would have looked at it and said, yeah, obviously you don't offer up a Thai dessert in a Greek restaurant. It's not going to work. But other than that, to me, it would have seemed sort of stock standard. You have something that's got ice cream, you've got a chocolate cake or whatever. Clearly, you're about to tell me it's very different to that. So explain it to me. It's very different. So obviously, you kind of base yourself around where you're working, your clientele and their interests that you get coming into your restaurant. And in my head, I think to myself, dessert is your last part of your meal. And you want something that is different and exciting that will make you be like, I've never had something like this before, or I've never had these two flavors together before. Because like you can go to any restaurant and you can get a sticky date or you can get a chocolate cake. But if you go out somewhere and it's like, I've never had chocolate and avocado together before, like that's something that I want to give to my customers. For example, I did a black forest cake, but I took the idea of a black forest and I completely changed it. So people would read a menu and be like, oh, they've got black forest, that's awesome. But they'd get in front of them and be like, this doesn't look like a black forest, but they eat it and they're like, okay, like these flavors all work and these textures remind me of a black forest and it's something different that they can walk away from being like, that was something new. So tell me this, there's got to be some trial and error in what you do. So, I mean, if you think you're going to put something totally new together and you get avocado and you get chocolate, how do you know if it's going to work? Well, you don't. That's the thing. <laughs> like you never know that something's going to work, but you just have to kind of go for it. After all the years that I've been in the industry for now, maybe eight years, you also kind of pick up little things along the way. So you know that A and B are going to go together or there's also heaps of tools that you can use. Obviously the internet gives you a lot of information. So you can Google what goes great with chestnuts. So you can kind of like do your research and look into things. And then again, it's a lot of trial and error. So you make a small batch of something and you try it together and be like, oh, that's kind of not great. Or that works really well. If an apprentice was uh, to present a dessert menu to you, what would you be looking for in order to approve it so it's customer ready? So I kind of look for a few things. I look for, is there enough texture through it? Like, is it something crunchy, something soft, is something crispy? Is there a liquid or is it interesting? I wouldn't want to go to a restaurant and order a sticky date. Like, I'd want to go to a restaurant, look at a menu and be like, that looks cool. Like, it might be something super simple like a lemon tart, but they've added something unique to it. And that's like what I would look for, just that little that little something that's different. And how far do you go in the process with that when designing a menu? Is it just a case of you write the menu down, you get it approved that way, or do you take it a next step, which is you cook each dish, then you try it, or do you even go further by cooking every dish to see that they all work together? And as you say, there's a variety of colours and textures and everything. How far does it go? For me personally, when I'm starting a new menu, I'll write everything down on a piece of paper with all the elements that I think are going to go into it. And then I'll constantly read back that menu to myself and be like, does this work? Is there something different that I can do? And then I'll go through all my cookbooks and be like, okay, I want a really cool crumb. So I'll look through for crumbs and see what pops up and then 
either change it or keep what I have or I might find something else in a book that would work better. Once I have everything written down in front of me, I'll create all my items and every element and then we do like a test run. So we'll create it all, we'll put it up and we'll get everyone to taste it. Like it might sound amazing on paper, but then when you put it on the plate, there might be just like one or two things that could be different. There's a lot of trial and error. Where do you see your industry going in the next five to 10 years? It's constantly going to boom. Like everyone is going to go out and want to go out for food and everyone, it's such a social industry for customers that I don't think it'll ever die out. Where I'd love to see the industry is going is in more people being interested in cooking and being creative and working kitchens. That next generation that is coming through into the hospitality industry, what sort of positive impact can they make? I think just being involved is awesome to start off with. I think it's great because more people coming to the industry means more businesses will be open and more people will be able to get served and there's just the boom in the industry, which would be great. In terms of you, where do you want to go? I would love to become a TAFE teacher because I feel like I've collected so much knowledge along my way that I'd be able to share that with the upcoming people that are going to be in the industry because... I want to be able to give that knowledge to other people and I want to be able to give every little piece of my brain to other students and people that want to be in the industry and want to learn how to cook. It sounds like you want to give back, which is very, very noble. So good luck with that. Angelica, thank you so much for having a chat. Listen, thank you so much. This is great. Angelica sees the future of the hospitality industry as positive and believes new workers coming through means more businesses can open and more customers can be served. It sure sounds like a vibrant and fun industry to be involved in. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series. Assault Studios production.